Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. To submit a testimony of what God is doing in you and through you, visit the Omega Church website. Scroll down to the bottom and click Tell Us Here. First Friday for our youth is back in session. Join us on the first Friday of the month at 7.15 p.m. for games, food, and friends in a faith-filled environment. Attention, ladies. Join us on Saturday, November 11th from 9 to noon here at Omega Church as our very own Pastor Zona presents Rewrite Your Story. Learn what God has to say about you and allow His power to rewrite your story. The cost is $25 and you can register online through the church app or with a member of our host team. Welcome to Omega Church. We are excited to be assembled together with you today to stir one another up in love and faith. If this is your first time here and you are seeking the way, the truth, and the life, we believe your search is over when you encounter Jesus Christ. We invite you to fill out the visitor's card located in the seat back in front of you. After service, you can take the card to a member of our host team. We would love to meet you and give you a gift. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Today, you will hear the uncompromised Word of God taught and preached in an unapologetic, no-nonsense manner. The Bible also says that faith without works is dead. For this reason, we encourage you to take notes and respond to the Word by acting on it. We serve an almighty God and believe He has a specific word for you today. We pray that you leave this place equipped and empowered to carry out the will of God for your life and make an impact in this generation. We love you and can't wait to hear what God is doing in you and through you. Those that are viewing by live stream, we want to include you in all the announcements. We want to include you in what we're doing here. And we believe that pretty soon you're going to be here. Now, don't let a habit of COVID overwhelm you. COVID was not normal. I'll just leave it with that. Glory to God. Uh, Give me a handheld, somebody. Give me a handheld. I, I did not... Mac, could you come here? Is that now it's on? Come right on up here. I want you to kind of, we're going to give a little testimony here, all right? Okay. Okay. Now, a few weeks ago, something happened to you right over here, not too far from where you just sat. Right, right. Okay, kind of put that up there so they can hear you. Yes, so um, Pastor, you were talking about COVID. Ever since I took that vaccine, (laughs) something happened, but we're going to leave it at that. So for the last two years, I've been suffering from um, TMJ. Can you tell me what that is so we know what that Uh, is? Yeah, it's just my muscle for my jaw gets kind of clunky and Mm. it doesn't work, and then you're blood flow doesn't work, you get dizziness, and so it's pretty taxing on you and, and, you know, to do your daily life and work, and I've seen many doctors, I think um, just about every ER in in San Antonio, and Michael, my boyfriend, can attest to that, 
Uh, they they know me because I've I've been in a lot of pain and uh, it's been very difficult mm -hmm. for uh, my family. I know Michael has taken me in many places, but I have been doing therapy and thousands of dollars later and um, lots of prayer and nothing seemed to work. And um, Michael brought me to this church, so we've been coming and visiting. And the pastor that day. Um, and you had been talking about seeds and planting, mm -hmm. and um, and that day I was like, Lord, I've been praying for this, and how come you've done this for so many other people and you wouldn't do it for me? And I I think I live a good life, right, quote unquote. <laughs> but um, my sisters and I know Sharon, you prayed for me. I think you, sister, somebody. I know there were some hands praying for me. And um, Rachel, too. And they can tell you as well, something happened. <laughs> I'm not sure. As soon as they touched me, there was like so much heat in my body. And we started speaking in tongues. And the Lord gave me the healing. And it was so amazing. I can move my jaw. And it just happened. And I know we have people online. And I want to tell you that. Perhaps you've been waiting for your miracle, and you have been doing everything, and you've been pouring your heart, and your heart earned money, and you come here, and you've been fasting, and there's a reason why God has been hiding from you, quote unquote, because he is there. And I know that through my healing journey, he has been with me, and I have become a better person. And um, the last of my comments, and we didn't practice this. He no, just, no. And, <laughs> this I want you, you went to the doctor after this. Yes, yes. So every uh, Thursday or Friday, I go see uh, a chiropractor. And, uh, and they've seen me for, for two years. And he starts measuring and moving. And he goes, wait, what did you do? <laughs> I went to church. I went to a mega church. <laughs> the ladies prayed for me. <laughs> Go, what? Where is that? And I said, this is, this is where I went. Well, keep doing that because that's working. Whatever they did, there's no way with my resources as a doctor, with my therapy, there's no way I can do this for you. And it's perfect. <laughs> Now, I don't do that all the time, but we're going to do more and more of it. Because you need to hear that. That ought to encourage you. Because if you, it, 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 the Word of God works. You say, well, see, some people are not willing to stay long enough in the presence of God for Him to position you. Listen carefully. To position you to get what you need what you've been asking for. We're going to deal with some stuff today. Amen. Man, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the youth right now. 180. Thank God for 180.
And I wanted them to hear this testimony because God is doing something in our youth. And I am grateful for our 180. And in fact, I don't know how many people have come through uh, the church here. And uh, I asked them, how did you find us? I used to go to 180. And now they're grown, married, got their own children, and they're bringing them back. Thank God. I want to deal with, we're talking about the subject of excellence for this month. The reason why I take a month is because on a subject, sometimes they used to take more than a month. I've gone six months. The reason why I do that is because most, listen carefully, most Christians go to church and they don't want to in, dive into something to get the meat of it. They don't want to know it. They just want a sermon that sounds good and then it's never operational in their life. I've always been a practical individual. What I mean by practical, I'm, practical means practicable. Okay? It's not sufficient for you to hear something if you don't practice it, if you don't put it into operation. You're just a hearer of the word, not a doer. And so we're taking this month to talk about excellence. Now, <clears throat> God has destined you to live a life of excellence. That's what you're born into the kingdom of God to live a life of excellence. Excellence is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. It rare and first class. Now, if you, and I'm not saying you are, I'm saying if, if you are of the type of Christianity that you don't want to stand out, that you think that it's just sufficient that when I die, I go to heaven. In the meantime, there's no distinction between your lifestyle and the lifestyle of the world. Then you're not living your destiny. Are you following me? You're not living your destiny. Everyone in the sound of my voice, those that are viewing by live stream as well, you have been called we touched on this Wednesday night. Peter said, you've been called. And he, he says to make your calling and election sure. You're the one that ensures that calling. Not God. A call is, is a VIP invitation. It's sent out as an invitation. But you have to make your calling and election sure. And, and Jesus would put it like this. Many are called. Many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> I we were singing this song talking about the straight and narrow way when we talked about, I take you at your word, it's the straight and narrow way. The reason why it's called the straight and narrow way, the reason why it's narrow is because the crowd doesn't follow it. The crowd doesn't follow it. And I know what people think, and they're well, Pastor Ronnie, you're just making excuses for us to stay, to stay small. We're small in some people's eyes, and we're big in other people's eyes. 
It's not about what, whether the opinions are the sides of the crowd. It has to do with living a life of excellence, which is first class, first rate. Okay? First class and first rate. And, and the, the devil, sin nature, will condemn you to stay less than mediocre. Well, that went really well. And, and people say, when I say, when I say first class or first rate, I'm not talking about just in, in, in how much money's in the bank. Because you, be you can be a scoundrel and have a lot of money in the bank. Okay? You can be a crooked, uh, 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 almost, let me pull that back in. Thank you, Jesus. You can be a crook and have a lot of money in the bank. Now, don't miss, I'm not disregarding finances, but I just want you to, first class and first rate means that you live in a quality lifestyle. The lifestyle Jesus paid for. Every believer is destined to live that. Every believer. Excellence is a noun. Excel is a verb. Excel means to be, I like that be in there, exceptional in an action or a subject. It means going above and beyond. Above and beyond. Anytime God deals with you, he goes above and beyond. He's the above and beyond God. He's above and beyond. Well, ladies, don't forget, you can rewrite your story. I don't care. Where, it's not a matter of where you come from. It's a matter of what fa- what, what, where you're going. It's what, you're, what direction you're facing, what direction you're going in. Okay? We've all came from sin. So we know your background. <laughs> I don't care if you've been brought up in church. We all, we all came from sin. People say, well, what's your story? Well, I don't, know, I don't want to know your sin story. I want to know the direction you're going in. In fact, it, 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 just try to remind God of your sins that you've already asked him to forgive you of. You know, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. But we talk about it a lot. It means going above and beyond. That's a verb. Everybody say verb. Now, I'm giving you a basic English here. A noun is different from a verb. A verb is something you do. You be. You follow what I'm saying? It's something you're doing. It's, it's the way you're, do, you're doing it. Okay? This subject title, I mean, this subject is, and today's title is learning to excel. Learning to excel. Learning to live this lifestyle. Excellence is not a destination. It's a lifestyle. It's just like this. Success. Success is not something that you arrive at. It's something you live. We can say it another way. Excellence is a pursuit. Okay? 
If you're going to have a happy marriage, you have to pursue. Guys, I'm giving you a big clue. This is worth $100 right here for every one of you. You have to pursue your wife. When do you quit pursuing her? The day you stop pursuing her is the day you don't have a happy marriage. You have to pursue. Everybody with what, what I'm saying? So excellence is a pursuit. It's not something that you arrive at. Well, I, I, have a, I have a little bit of success, and so now I can rest. No, you don't. It's your pursuit. That's what gets you up in the morning. Are you following? Yes. Yeah, but you still love Jesus. Yeah. All right, because we're going to get into this heavy duty. Learning, listen carefully, learning is defined. Many people, we, we, well, I know what learning is. Do you? Do you really know what learning is? Learning is acquiring a skill by being informed, instructed, trained through understanding. Okay, that's learning. I can get up here, don't, don't misunderstand teaching and learning are not the same. I get up here and I can teach, but that doesn't mean you learn anything. Okay. In fact, I heard uh, a financial advisor say one time, this is how he said it, there's no such thing as teaching you how to succeed financially. There's no such a thing as teaching. He said, the only thing there is is learning. A learning is a decision the individual makes through humility. The key to learning is humility. Okay? Now that means those that, of us that have learned some things, if we refuse humility, that's the day we stop learning. Now I'm going real slow here. I'm not preaching so much as I am teaching. I'm giving you these points because they're very important. They're fundamental to where we're going to go. When I was in high school, I stopped learning. I didn't say I wasn't in class being taught. I learned how to pass the test. I learned how to make passing grades without learning the subject. Are you following me now? A lot of people do the same thing at church. They're taught, but that didn't mean they learned it. Learning is acquiring a skill. Learning is acquiring a skill through being informed, instructed, trained. Training is not the same thing as teaching. Training. I can give you theory all day long. If we put up a chalkboard, I can give you theory all day long. Theory is not learning. Theory, theory is informing. It's informing you. The only way you're going to become skilled is you have 
to be trained. Training has to do with informing and acting or doing. That's the only way you're going to have an intimate knowledge. Any skill, I don't care what it is, any skill in your life that you have learned comes through discipline. I don't care what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. It comes through discipline. That means, and how many of you know that discipline has correction associated with it? In fact, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, if you're not corrected, then you're trying to illegitimately get into the kingdom of God. King James puts it more blunt than I just did. King James says, if you're trying to get into the kingdom of God and be one of God's children, he puts it this blunt. You're a bastard, not a son. A lot of people try to do that. God is not interested in an audience of people. He's interested in disciples. We've made a mistake. And the mistake is that we think that church, like we're doing right now, we think church is about reaching, listen carefully, is about reaching the lost, and it is not. Reaching the lost comes as a result of what we're doing here. Because it's the responsibility of every one of us to be equipped with the information and learn it so that we can be an active influencer in our field or sphere of influence. We become the influencer. Did you hear what I just said? We become the influencer. We're not the influenced. We become the influencer. Okay? That means God is training up Daniels, Shadrach, Meshach, the Bednico, the people that can go through the fiery furnace and the lion's den and won't bow to the compromise of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And this generation is starving for that breed of believer. Are you following me? Y'all still love Jesus? Learning is acquiring. That's a decision every person has to make. I cannot make it for you. We're going to... We did not practice this when I had her come up here to talk about this. And she made a statement. I said, Jesus, this, I know this is a Holy Ghost. You've been searching, searching. Why can't I get it? Why can't I get it? Well, I want to tell you right now, God's going to give you some answers. It's learning how to be a disciple. How many times did Jesus heal somebody and then he said, come follow? Remember the rich young ruler? He said, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, sell all you have and give it to the poor. Come follow me. Notice it. He didn't just sell, sell what you have and give to the poor. But he said, and then come follow me. What he's saying is, you've got too many things going on in your life. Get rid of all your distractions. Come follow me. You're too busy trying to make money. 
okay? And so he said, you got to get rid of that so it's not a distraction, and then come follow me. And the Bible says he went away sad. He went away sad. And Jesus said, how hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God? He didn't say they couldn't enter in. He says, it's hard. Why? Why is it hard? Because they're distracted. They're good at making money, so they, 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 they want to equate that to success. success listen carefully. Su success is obedience to God. Amen. If you don't obey God, what good is having a bunch of money? What good is position? What good is power if, if you're not obeying God with it? You follow, you follow what I'm saying? So, excellence is something that we pursue. Excellence in character. Excellence physically. Excellence spiritually. Excellence in attitude. Now, I'm going to hit this one today. Pretty big. Excellence in attitude. Still love me? You still love, you still love Jesus. Let's, let's put it that way. If you love Jesus, I know you still love me because you have to. Daniel. I want you to look at Daniel. And I, I, I encourage you to study Daniel. Uh, Pastor Zonas got started on Thursday. But I, I want to point out one verse of Scripture. Daniel was taken captive. I want you to hear me. Daniel did not go with Nebuchadnezzar in, in, into Babylon. He didn't go over there because he wanted to. He was taken captive. Everybody hear that? Okay. So Daniel, Daniel could have an attitude problem. Yes? Okay. In Daniel chapter number 5, now Daniel, he... he because he had an excellent spirit, a spirit of excellence, that was his spirit. He outlasted five kings. Outlasted them. I've outlasted more than five presidents. When, when Obama got, uh, never mind. And when, and, and when, when this last one got crowned. I didn't say he got elected. I said crowned. I said, okay, Lord, I can outlast this one too. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. But Daniel, I mean, Daniel outlasted these dynasties. In chapter 5, <laughs> and this is an amazing story. I, and we won't take time to go there. But Belshazzar, the Belshazzar, I guess that's how you say it, was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. He was arrogant, foolish, stupid, knothead. Reminds us of some politicians you could probably name. And he brought in all of the... He, he brought in all of the vessels that Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of God's house. And he brought them into this party so that all of his friends could drink out of them. And when he did it, he made a fatal mistake. And a hand went to the wall 
and started writing on it. And he freaks out. He calls all the astrologers and, and all the magicians in there and he says, tell me what this means. And they said, we can't tell you. His wife comes along and tells him, I've heard of this man named Daniel. He was in your father's kingdom. And he has a spirit of excellence in him. And I believe that he can interpret it. Now listen carefully. Excellence means no compromise. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because what you're going to find out is how he interpreted it. He brings him before him and he... He, this is what he tells Daniel. It's for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and interpretations of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving, verse, verse 12, dissolving of doubts were found, were found in the same Daniel. They were found in Daniel. Okay? Why did they find him in Daniel? Because he pursued it. You need to take a whole study in the book of Daniel. Because he was non-compromising. That's what got him in the lion's den. His friends were non-compromising. That's what got them in the fiery burn, uh, furnace. They were non-compromising. There's come a time in your life, listen carefully, you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to compromise or am I going to stay true to God? There, there will be one. And it will get you in all kinds of predicaments. Daniel could have said, God, I'm here because this king, these kings, they're not even of you. I want to go back to Jerusalem. Daniel could have become offended on why he was even there. You know, most Christians would have. But Daniel couldn't pick up his marbles and go home like most people can when they leave a church. They can't do that. He couldn't do it. I'm just going to pick up my marbles and go home. Now you know why the church in, in, in America has been so weak. We treat the church like a restaurant. We get tired of that flavor. We're going to go eat at the Chinese one today. And because of that, become pot plants. You know what a pot plant is? That means I can move the pot anywhere I want to. And the roots are very shallow. I didn't say they wasn't Christian. I said they're very shallow. If you can't stay long enough to get offended, you're going to be shallow. And then when you do get offended, you've got to learn how to get over it. I don't care where you go. Sooner or later, there'll be something that'll upset your little apple cart. I try to do it every Sunday. Now, I'm going to give you a clue. I'm, I'm going to show you something right here. All right. Now go with me to 2 Kings chapter 5. This is where we're going. This is the crux of where we're going to go. Right here. 2 Kings chapter 5. Great story here. Verse number 1. Now, 
Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syrian, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria and he also was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. Now we don't know her name. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Okay? So this little girl, this young lady, was brought there by force of captivity. Okay? She was not there on her own. Are you hearing? Do you think that she had reason to be bitter? Do you think that she could have been offended? Okay. Watch what, what happens here. Very interesting. And by the way, this literally happened, by, by the way. You know that. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Now stop. This young lady had a great attitude. But most people today in the modern church would have become so offended because they were taken captive. She was taken captive. She could have said, well, I hope he does die. It deserves him to die. I hope he dies a cruel leper's death. Hello? She could have done that. But instead... She went and said, I, I would desire that my Lord would be where the prophet's at. And he would heal him of his leprosy. Glory to God. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the, the maid, uh, said the maid that is uh, of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to... Go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And, and he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten change, changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Guess what the king did? He freaked like most Christians would. And it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does sin unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes. He sent to the king saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Amen. Glory to God. Now, somebody finally understands how to operate in faith. So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now stop. I want you to pay close attention to the rest of this story. 
And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now stop. This guy, Naaman, was full of pride. He was offended. He got offended. First of all, the prophet didn't even come out and greet him. Didn't even see him. He sent, some, he sent his servant out there. Go tell him to do this. What, what if somebody in a limousine shows up? They got all this money and they want to be healed. And all I did was send a parking lot attendant. Tell him to go down to the San Antonio River and dunk himself. <laughs> Not only once, but seven times. He could have got offended, and this guy did. Listen to this. And Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and strike his hands over the place and recover the leper. See, he had an image. His, his pride was telling God how to do it. Well, if you knew how to do it, then why did you need God? There was something more wrong with him than just the leprosy. Most Christians don't see this. Fallen human nature is one of the most prideful things in anybody's life. And his two servants, uh, uh, he said, Are not there two rivers in Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. All right, thank you, Jesus. I won't make that comment then. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Now, these guys understood humility because they were under authority. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan and according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean and he returned to the man of God, he and all his company and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy, of thy servant. But he said, as the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, and, and, but he refused. Now, here, here's what I want you to see. First of all, that wasn't his to take. All of that was sent to the king of Israel. It wasn't t sent to the prophet. Are you hearing me? It was sent to the king of Israel. The king of Israel didn't want to take it because he didn't want, he didn't want that responsibility. But the, man, but the prophet said, I'll heal him. God will heal him when, when he comes to me. 
Okay. If it wasn't for his servants, Naaman would have missed his healing because he was offended. He took offense at the way that the prophet treated him and what he wanted him to do. See, the Jordan River is muddy. These other two rivers in Damascus were clean and you could crystal clear water. But the one in Jordan, man, oh my goodness, it's muddy. Has to do with getting down in the mud. Are you following? He got offended. His offense almost cost him the blessing of healing. Almost cost him. Now I want to make some statements here. Pay close attention. Your greatest blessing is on the other side of offense. Your greatest reward is on the other side of the, of the offense. I'm going to prove some stuff to you today. I remember years ago, this was years ago, so it's not lately, so don't try to figure out what you think you know that you don't. Years ago, I were around some uh, a minister's association group, and I left there more than one time saying, I'll never go back. I'll never go back. I'll never forget one time I was driving from one of them, and I was crying. And I told God, I said, I'll never go back to another one of them. God let me cry for a couple of minutes. God will let you cry. Broken in a contrite spirit, he doesn't despise it. And, and God answered me. You know what he told me? Oh, yes, you will. And I said, oh, no, I won't. He said, yes, you'll go back. And I said, no, I won't. I argued with him. Now, I know you never do that. Of course, you never talk to God. <laughs> I said, I ain't going back. He said, oh, yes, you will. I said, no, I won't. And he said, oh, yes, you will. Jonah, I ought to learn something from the book of Jonah. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. After arguing with him a few minutes later, I said, okay, then you tell me why I should go back. How many of you want to know the answer? How much is it worth to you? <laughs> How many of you want to know it? Seriously, you want to know? This is what he told me, because they got something you need. I'm offended by them. And he's saying, you will go back because they've got something you need. People take offense. We got a generation that carries the chip on their shoulders. Every little thing offends them. And God says, you're missing it. If you don't go through this, you're not going to get on the other side where the blessing's at. You're going to have to be offended. If you're going to learn a skill, I, hear what I said, learn. 
If you're going to learn, you're going to acquire that skill. I have never acquired a skill that the teacher did not offend me. Never. They had to correct me. They had to instruct me. They had to inform me. And then they had to train me. And when I made a mistake, they didn't say, that's all right, you did the best you can. No, they, they told me, your best, that, that ain't good. But today, we give participation trophies. Hello out here. You participated. Now, you didn't give it your best. You didn't let us train you. But we're going to welcome you anyway. <laughs> participation trophies. You cannot learn a skill without being offended. The teacher will offend you sometime. It's true. How many of you have been in the military? Raise your hand. Don't forget next Sunday, we're going to honor you guys. Thank you. But I, I want to ask you, only those that have been in the military, only those that have been in the military are allowed to answer me. When you got into the military, did those over you offend you? Did they get in your face? You, you remember when you was in boot camp? How many of you got to boot more than once? Come on, come on guys, talk to me. Is that right? Hey, let me ask you, was you a training instructor? Okay, stand up please, sir. You were a sergeant in what? Uh, I was a military training leader. All right, in what branch? What Air, Air Force. He looks like he could bark at you too. <laughs> you got offended. But let me tell you what, that offense is more valuable than putting an arm around you and cuddling you because that won't sustain you in a battle. If it, 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 in the church where God's love is, listen carefully, in the church where the love of God's at, if you get offended, you, there ain't demons. You understand what I'm saying? You go out in the world and you'll take offense. You'll take it. You come, in, come to the church. I don't have to take it in here. I mean, this is a place of love. <laughs> Hello? This is something people don't want to talk about. That's why the church is so weak. You get in a foxhole and the enemy is about ready to take your head off. You better pray that you had a tough instructor. I was telling somebody the other day, my God, over, this tri over trivial stuff, people can't handle that. What are they going to do when a demon knocks on their door? Midnight, their baby's got fever. Doctors don't know what to do. What are you going to do then? Do you know how to cast out a devil? Do you understand what I'm saying? These are the days where demons are loosed on a generation. 
And in the church, we have to be cuddled. How many of you know I only have you for an hour and a half on Sunday? <laughs> then you're vulnerable the rest of the week. Y'all still love Jesus? Yeah. Now you think I've lost my mind. Watch this. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4 so you'll understand where I'm coming from and what the scriptures has to say about this. In this parable, you may already know it, the sower sows the word. The sower does what? Okay. And he tells us in verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they've heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. What does he try to do? Come immediately. That means he's going to try to bring a fence. He's going to try to bring something that will, he'll try to get you sidetracked to get it, forget it or to treat it as just another lecture. Oh, that was a beautiful lecture. Verse 16, and these are they like, likewise which are sown on stony ground. Pay attention right here. Stony ground is hard ground. It represents, listen carefully, pride, hard, can't be taught, lack of humility. Okay? Stony ground. Who, when they've heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are what? They take offense. They get offended. Immediately they get offended. Just like Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5. Pastor Alda, foam at the mouth that you're here. Oh my God. <laughs> I've had people absolutely not come back because I didn't shake their hand one Sunday. They're probably not even serving God today. Now that is ridiculous. But there are people that have done it. The people get offended about me speaking in tongues. Well, I got news for you. I'm not going to do away with the great teacher in my life. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. That bothers you? Kandalabasataya. All right. You think that's bad? Now you understand Jesus told that this is how all the kingdom of God works. Your flesh is easily offended. You know, some people are looking for an offense. They come to scrutinize. By the way, what, what's the temperature you've got those thermostats set on? Do you know? Do you all know? What? 70? Wow. In our house, we keep it 68. <laughs> oh, what, what, what is that? 
Oh, somebody over here said, we keep it at 72. <laughs> Fallen human nature loves to be offended. Especially when there's a moving of the Spirit. Yes. By what, what time is it? In a church I used to go to, 30 minutes was it. Well, you know, you can go back to that other church. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to run anybody. I'm trying to tell you what's going on. If you're serious about serving God in this generation, if you're serious that you want God in your life, you should not be concerned about any of that. You ha How many hours of TV did you watch last week? Let's just say that you're conservative. And you watch two hours a day. Two hours a day, that's 14 hours. We're not counting Sunday. Because after all, we know that 30 minutes makes up for the 14. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Mark chapter 7. And I know that this is all. You know, truth can be offensive. But on the other side, if you can overcome the offense, that's why the devil put it out. We just read that in Mark chapter 4. On the other side of overcoming that offense is a level that you've never been on before. That's why the devil brought the offense. Chapter 7. Now think about this. I want you to think about this. Suppose you were this woman. Chapter 7, verse 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, speaking of Jesus, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek or a Gentile. A Seraphonician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast out forth the devil out of her daughter. And Jesus, who? Jesus. The loving, mild-mannered, <laughs> Jesus said. You think he'd say, absolutely. Absolutely. But he didn't. Listen to what he said. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat or sufficient to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Jesus called her a dog. Now you talk about opportunity for an offense. She could have said, well, I'm just picking up my marbles and going home. She could have said that. But she didn't let it phase her. Now, this is, this is where you get real true faith. Right here. Verse 26. 
And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs. I don't mind you calling me a dog. Just heal my daughter. Yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, for this response to an opportunity that could offended you, you've overcome it. Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. For what she said, her attitude, glory to God. She learned to excel. Do you know that most people would have flunked that? And when she was coming to her house, she found the devil gone out and the daughter laid upon the bed. On the other side of that offense was her miracle. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are y'all getting excited? I, I, I am, man. Now, let's go one other place real quickly. Mark, I mean, John chapter 6. This is the one. This is the one that's going to nail us all. Now, in this chapter, the latter part of the chapter, you go in, in verse like uh, verse uh, number 48. He says, I am the bread of life. And he, and he goes to verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Verse 52, the Jews therefore strove among themselves. Now it's got contention started. Saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat my flesh, the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And as the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Now, this is their response. That's, man, that, it, it almost sounds like cannibalism. But watch this. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples. Now, who's he talking to now? Many of his disciples. Okay. Many of his disciples, many of his disciples, many of his disciples were in that room. We're in that synagogue. Glory to God. <laughs> when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples, not listen carefully, not, not ju the Jewish leaders, his disciples murmured at it, and he said unto them, does this offend you? The truth can be offensive. 
What and if you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. In other words, the Spirit makes this, th what I'm saying, alive in you. The flesh profits nothing. That's how much you owe your flesh. Nothing. Flesh loves to get offended. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've been offended before. I'll never forget, Zona and I went to uh, Victoria. South Texas Pastors Conference, Ministers Conference. That's where we met Buddy Bell for the very first time. Everybody's having a good time through the whole, the whole meeting. I don't know, it was like two or three days, something like that. I don't know. Everybody's laughing and having a good time. I'm sitting there stewing like a bump on a log, you know, just absolutely mad. You know, when people are offended, they get mad. I was mad. There was no smile on my face. People are having a good time. Zona punches me like this and says, what's wrong with you? I said, it ain't funny. That's what I told her. I said, it ain't funny. Now listen carefully. The reason why it wasn't funny is because it was the truth. Now the sad thing about it was I'd been seeking God for weeks and days and months, crying, walking up down the aisles. What's wrong? Something's got to change. What's wrong with this place? They were giving the answer and I didn't want to hear what it had to say. I, I was mad. I said, it ain't funny. She was laughing with the rest of them. <laughs> we came out with victory, by the way. Amen. But I, just want, I do want you to know that it, it, it happens. And it's the flesh. My flesh was boiling. Did you hear me? It was boiling. Flesh profits you nothing. Where did I leave off? Okay, 62. What if you shall see the Son of Man descend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickens, the, pro the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. They're not flesh. And they are life. Watch this. But there are some of you that believe not. Who was he talking to? He had followers, disciples, and he said, there are some of you that do not believe. And you call yourself disciples. Beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Isn't that amazing? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the one that was going to sacrifice himself, and they got offended and their offense caused them not to walk with the king of salvation. He was telling them the truth. He was telling them the truth. I'm 
going to make a statement right here that you must grasp. For every miracle that God wants to give you, there'll be an offense in front of it. Something that the devil will try to use to offend you so you won't get over it and get your miracle. Some people get offended because I, I talk about tithe. There are some people get offended about it. And they don't, they're over there struggling, but they don't know why they're struggling. And you mention tithe. Well, that's all the preachers ever want to talk about is about money. If you come here, that, you know that's not true. If you come here very long, you've been paying attention. That's not true. There are some people who say, well, why, why, why do we got to have so many songs? Why, why don't, we don't have enough songs. Do you know that there are some people who won't come to church today because they say, well, I can't hear. We'll get you a hearing aid. Music's too loud. Not loud enough. Hello. All that stuff is to keep you from getting your miracle. Now, I don't know your case. I'm just basing off the statement that you said. Okay? You've got to get past yourself. Over there in total surrender to God. Had that, had that ever happened to you when they laid their hands on had, had you ever had, had an experience like that before? When, when they laid their hands on you? Man, you fell flat. I mean, you just fell down. Well, all, all I knew is I, I kind of heard a, a crying and a, and a little, uh, you know, little commotion over there, and I saw you f down on your backside. <laughs> huh, Ma'am? You went down. Had you, ever, had you ever had an experience going down like that? You hadn't? Well. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, give them an experience. Help them to get over themselves. Help them to get over themselves where they're totally, totally surrendered. They're totally surrendered. They're not dictating to you how you're going to do it. Where they totally surrender, they make room. They make room for you to do what you want to do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You could have get got. You could have gotten upset. Now I am not going down there where somebody knocked me down. But you got your healing, didn't you? Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can let offense drive you off, but instead you overcome the offense. You know what's offended? It's not God, and it's not even your spirit. It's your flesh. It's your way of thinking. God's messing it up. Messing it up. 
And he wants to bring he wants to bring a miracle. Listen, revival is not an event. And it's not a period of time. Revival is on the inside of you. And a lot of times we don't realize how much of the flesh we've let overrule our spirits to the point that it won't let the revival out. It's the thing that hinders what you want. And you've got to get your flesh out of the way. If you don't get your flesh out of the way, I promise you, you won't get it. Well, I went there and I didn't get nothing. Well, you didn't get nothing because you was looking to be offended. You was looking, I want to see if he's really got it. I want to go to Omega Church and find out if they really are serving God. <laughs> right there, you're setting yourself up and you don't know it. But I got news for you. God's bigger than that. Let me, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to let you go home in a minute. I'm still looking for the minute. <laughs> My dad was called to go to, I think it was Coleman. Was it Coleman? Brownwood? Somewhere up there. Brownwood. Sundown. Sundown. That's what, Sundown, Texas. Because people wanted, they heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they wanted dad to come up there and talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he goes up there, it's just a few, you know, I don't know how many exactly, but there must have been a dozen or so. And the power of God hit there. People, now, you understand, these were starchy Christians. You understand? And the power of God hit. And there was one man, before he started asking, he said, Brother Allen, can, is it possible to get filled with the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues? And he just said, look, if you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues, go, go, go to it. So there was this other, it may have been the same man, kind of sitting close to the back. <laughs> the power of God hit that place. And that man, he saw what was happening. People were falling out and speaking in tongues. And he decided he wanted out of there. <laughs> he wanted out. I, I, it's getting hot. <laughs> so he got out in the aisle, and his intention was to get outside that door as quick as he could. He got to the aisle, and he found himself going up to the altar. And before he could get to the altar, the power of God hit him and laid him flat on his face. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that on some of y'all. I really would. Listen. The presence of God is here not to harm you but to give you your answered prayer. Yeah. 
your fallen human nature is trying to oppose it by letting anything and everything to bring an offense. But when you stay with it long enough to get over the offense, you're going to get into your freedom. The thing that you desire. But most people don't see it that way. They look at that this is the time to go. How many of you... How many of you have ever had an opportunity to say, I'll never go back to a restaurant? I mean, they're not allowed to have an off day. I'm not talking about dirt now. Do you understand? I'm not talking about dirty. I'm talking about, you know. We demand perfection out of others, but we don't expect it of ourselves. That lets you know that this is, that's the devil. That's the devil working in our flesh. I want to say this one last time. We're going to, we're going to give God an opportunity to work. Richard, when you get through writing there, come up. Finish writing, though. I don't want you to miss your thought. Offense is something that the devil is going to bring to try to get you. Every place in the Bible, think about this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have got offended by, by being thrown into that fiery furnace. They could have, they could have said, hey, we stood up for our God. How come we're getting thrown in? Could have got upset about it. See, it's an attitude. You know, there are some people that all, they're just looking, they're looking to be offended. There are some people that are, have anger issues. Always being angry. Just, you see that chip? We'll be friends as long as you don't knock, knock it off. You're not, you knock it off, we ain't no friends no more. You follow what I'm saying? They're looking for it. And if you look for it, you look for something hard enough, you'll find it. That's the reason why people can't stay settled. I've seen it happen many, many times. Pastor Zona talk, talked about on a Thursday. I think it was this Thursday. It could have been the Thursday before. She almost did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because she overheard a conversation as a teenager. A conversation that she was not in, but it was a conversation about the guest speaker. And she almost didn't receive it. Good thing she stuck with it. You follow what I'm saying? And the devil's always going to try to use something. Always use something. He'll try to, he'll try to get you to enter into something that doesn't mount to a hill of beans. Just so offense... Can, can, can be layered 
And people that are quick triggered, you understand? You know what a quick trigger is? Someone that doesn't have a name just shoots the gun. And people that are quick, they're usually highly tempered. You know that the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, don't hang around that angry man. At least you learn his ways. I'm just telling you that something you need to consider. God's good. But the devil's looking to get, get you offended. So that in the offense, you forfeit your deliverance. You forfeit it. And, it's, and you don't even know what's happened. This, this is what you'll do. You're lying. I've heard people say, well, I ain't ever going to go back to church again. There ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites down there. Well, what do you think was there when you was there? <laughs> huh? See, everybody's a hypocrite but you. I'm, I'm, you understand? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the person that says that. And there's not a person in the sound of my voice hadn't yielded, yielded one time or another in your life to hypocrisy. Not one time. Everybody's had that. That's why we get corrected. We embrace correction. I'll never forget dad, my, my dad one time was praying. This is what he said. He said, Jesus, correct me. Instruct me. He said, if you have to, rebuke me. But don't let me stop following you. People that, people that love correction, love to embrace it. They'll, they'll get over their offense. Uh, this is the last one. Where are you at, Richard? Play something. <laughs> I went to work for my father-in-law years, years ago, when Zona and I, before Zona and I got married. And I'll never forget this. I'll never forget it. This strange thing happened to me. I made some mistakes, and, and he chewed me out. Of course, he chewed me out with some adjectives. That was during the morning. And I had to, I was running around, you know, supplying everybody. And he let me have it over the phone. When I got to the office, he did something very strange. He said, where are we going to go eat for lunch? And I said, go eat for lunch. I ain't going to eat lunch with you. Because I was still, it was still rattling in my head. Are y'all fine? We did go eat lunch. I was real quiet. But it took me some time to figure that out. It took me some time to figure it out. His correction, even with the adjectives, 
was not an accusation of my character. It was pointing out my behavior, what I did wrong. See, when we don't like people to show us what we did wrong. If we, it, it, you know, and if you, if you never have it pointed out, how are you going to know you're wrong? Right. It took me a long time to figure that out. And I finally figured it out. You know when I figured it out? When I got some of my relatives working for me. <laughs> Why don't you love me? <laughs> why, don't, why don't you love me? Want to be around me? Why, why don't you love me? Want to be around me? Well, you just got through chewing me out. Why don't... <laughs> let's, let's worship the Lord a minute. Father, I worship you. We just praise you. We're learning how to excel to become skilled in the word of righteousness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, yes. The joy. The joy that you've been longing for is on the other side of that offense. It's on the other side of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, who wants to praise Jesus with me a minute? Glory to God. 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 Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless your holy name. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Lord, you're good, and your mercies are new every day. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The miracle worker is in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. There's somebody right now that has pain in your body. Who, who's hurting physically? Who's physically hurting right now? Raise, raise your hand. Who else? Anybody else? Right here. You got to keep your hands up just a moment. I want those that are believers right now. In fact, I want, I want you to go right now. Find, find somebody's got their hand raised. It's got some pain. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need one right back here of this young man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. 
And the power of God is going to be released in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we bring them before you right now. You said these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Father, right now we lay hands on them with a believing heart, with the authority of the name of Jesus through the merits of the cross and the power of his resurrection. And we say in the name of Jesus, we command the pain to leave and the very nature and the cause of it to go right now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. It's right there. Receive it. Thank Him. Thank Him. Lord, I thank You. I take that. That's mine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, I speak joy. Joy. Joy of the Lord. Joy. Joy, joy, joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Joy. The joy of the Lord. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, somebody has got some hard decisions they got to make very soon. Very soon. I don't know who you are. You got some decisions you got to make that are tough. If that's you, I want you to come down here real quickly. You got some difficult decisions you got to make. Come on. Come on down here. Glory to God. You got to make a decision. Decisions. Glory to God. 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 Anybody else? If you've got any decisions that you've got to make, glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven right now. Glory to God. Your wisdom comes from the Holy Ghost. He abides within. Glory to God. Your head's saying one thing and your heart may be saying something else. And you're tired of being divided. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. It's in here. Glory to God. It's in here. It's here. Glory to God. Come here, Zona. 
Right, right here, right here, right here. It's in here. It's in there in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's right there. It's in there. It's right there. Glory to God. It's right, right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, yes. Yes. A spirit of excellence has showed up. Glory to God. Above and beyond. First class. First rate. Glory to God. Glory to God. We drive off that mediocre. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The same spirit that had a hold of Daniel is a hold of you. Glory to God. He's in you. Same spirit. Glory to God. 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 Just worship the Lord. What difference does it make what time you get out? Be in His presence for a little bit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, you're holy. You're righteous. You're true. Oh, the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of might. Baba da da basaya. Glory to God. 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 Somebody that's viewing by live stream right now, you've got some decisions to make. I want you to put your hand right here. The God of the universe will fill you with a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Right now, a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge will ooze up out of your spirit and give you a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge in the name of Jesus. And you'll know that you 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 know. And you just obey what God said to do. Glory to God. And then tell us about it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Zoni, you got... Odell? Huh? You got something? Give me a microphone. The Lord really dealt with me that you need to make a quality decision right now that what you heard this morning, you're not going to let the devil bring a fence to seal it from you because he'll do it. When they heard the word, Satan came immediately to steal that word. And God has spoken to this congregation this morning. Listen, I'm telling you, if we just keep going and listening and receiving from God, it's going to explode. Right now, God just building a base, but it's going to explode. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Don't let him steal it from you. Glory to God. Glory Suck to God. it up if you have to. Put your pride underneath the floor. Thank God Glory. I receive in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. 
we worship you. Lord, all of us, no matter how long we've been around, whether we're new or we've been here for a long time, no matter how much experience we have with you, Lord, we don't know everything, but we know who knows everything. Help us to stay submissive to you. Help us to be humble to you. And if you corrected us, help us to embrace. Even if you've rebuked us, help us to stay at your side. Not be of those disciples that didn't follow you anymore. Father, we worship you and we praise you. Now, Lord, I thank you that your grace would surround each and every one of us like a shield following us everywhere we go. And Lord, we thank you right now that we will be able to hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. And Lord, you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us your name to use. Your name that's above every name. Which we use it right now. And we invoke the name of Jesus. We declare there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, as we leave this place today and we go out into our everyday lives, we thank you that every person we come in contact with, that your love would ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise and thanksgiving. Thank you for being with us today and helping us learn how to excel. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Find five people, give them a high five. Tell them I'm glad you were here today. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.